We are Maria and Nicole. We're two secular homeschooling moms that have been been there, there, done done that. that. Welcome to episode 25, How Do You Successfully Teach Math? Today we're going to be talking about dealing with math mistakes and what if you have an anxious child when you're teaching math? And we're also going to be talking about if homeschoolers need to give math tests. Today we're going to be talking about all of that and more. And as usual, we want to stress that our podcast is an inclusive space for your everyday parents that are looking for education options. We are not here to convince you to homeschool. Uh, We want to stress that you need to do what works for your child and for your family. Every family is different. Absolutely. And you know your children best. So uh, feel free to take what advice or information you get from here that works for you and chuck the rest. Good morning, Nicole. How's it going? Good morning, Maria. Ah, Has spring sprung? I don't know. Has it? Are are we safe yet from cold weather? It's been cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, and today's warm. You know what's funny? Camp Gladiator on Monday morning was 35 degrees, and today it was 70 degrees out there. I know. I can't decide, like, whether it's time to go to Callaway's and buy, like, all the plants (laughs) and start. Because, I like, I feel like we could get, like, one more. One more snap, right? I think that's it. I think this last week, that was it. We're okay. done. We're in, we're in it to win it. It's time for I don't know. the spring flowers. Are we? I'm ready. I, I'm ready, too. And I'd like my spring calendar is like insane. I'm sure yours is, too. I My friends, uh, my old college roommates uh, want to get together. And they were like, how's this weekend? And how's this weekend? And I was like, OK, wait, are we talking about 2023? Because I don't think I'm free again till like spring 2027. <laughs> like we've got prom coming up. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm, I finally got my job. So everybody at our prom, you know, it's a huge prom. I think it's the biggest one in the world, maybe. It's oh, yeah. Huge. It's thousands and thousands yeah two days two days a homeschool prom yeah they had to split it it used to be one day but then there were too many people and i saw they added tickets to like one of the nights too because people were scrambling as usual yeah you know we did we did it like uh taylor swift like i think we got up early right and like (laughs) (laughs) stayed on the horn until the tickets came down and like jumped on those like it was a ticket master thing but <laughs> right well wh- well I got my job which is uh, I'm going to be a check-in person so everybody oh, at this prom has to have a job as you know yes I am um, on the I'm on the red carpet team I'm a seamstress uh, like I've done many times I work in the dress code room which is always funny because you know how I feel about dress codes <laughs> not a fan no I fix everybody's dresses while telling them in their whispering in their ear I don't believe in arbitrary dress codes <laughs> Yeah, that's a thing here. But but you know what? Our kids have a great time. I'm sure there'll be a mosh pit and my kid will be in the middle oh, of it. Oh, yeah. The conga line. <laughs> he'll be leading that around. No, they're going to have a really great time. We're uh, we're going prom dress shopping today and uh, hopefully we'll find something. Wish us luck. Awesome. Okay. Well, we have a lot of things to talk about today um, outside of all these fun things that happen in the homeschool world. Math sometimes isn't fun. Ooh, no. You know, we talked in a previous episode that uh, teaching your child to read would be the hardest part 
of homeschooling, but um, math can sometimes be a challenge. Yeah, sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. You know, for many parents, this was a challenging subject for them. It was for me. And it's easy to be a bit nervous about teaching math, especially uh, when you get into upper level math as well. Um, The good news is that like with many homeschooling subjects, there are tons of options from video formats to uh, scripted programs out there. And you do not need to be an expert to teach math to your children. No, you certainly don't. Uh, Yeah, if you find it hard and frustrating to teach math, you're absolutely not alone. Many parents find the very thought of teaching math daunting because nothing ruins your homeschooling day more than fighting about math. The whole day is just going to be miserable if every time you pull out math, there's arguing, whining, crying, math tears. Yeah, math tears are a real thing. So (laughs) why does my child have math tears? Well, there's just going to be some kids that hate math. I mean, that's that's it. So no matter what we share with you here today and all the tips and tricks to help make teaching math easier, um, some kids are still not going to like math at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but hopefully we can help guide you, give you some extra tips so that there's less math tears in your home. Right. There are different reasons why kids are discouraged by math. Some find it too hard. Others might find it a little overwhelming. And then still others are so bored by it that they can hardly bring themselves to complete their assignments. I'd also caution you to make sure that you aren't projecting your own feelings about math onto your children. Yes, for sure. It's And it's also important to rule out an actual real obstacle to math, like learning disability. We talked about learning disabilities like dyscalculia in our learning disabilities episode. And if you haven't listened to that, we'll link it in the show notes. You can give it a little re-listen. But for the most part, most math obstacles are going to be caused by different issues. Right. And in the middle of a lesson, your child might struggle to make connections between math concepts, or they may have forgotten the procedures needed for a simple calculation. And this can lead to a lot of tears for them and in truth sometimes for you too (laughs) yes no it's not just math tears for your kids the more frustrating math time is the less you want to teach it which can cause even more forgetting and more tears and it can become this vicious cycle as hard as it may be for you to teach math it's probably even harder for your child trying to get the concept so you do want to be patient and uh, try not to let your frustrations out Uh, when your student is making a recurring mistake it's an opportunity to pause and then ask together okay hey you know what parts of this are we not understanding is there a way that we might approach this differently and remember that when things sometimes get too hard it's really okay to walk away and come back to it later that's kind of one of the awesome things about homeschooling you can make your own schedule and do your own timeline sometimes that can magically lead to understanding of the concept but eventually we're going to have to get back to the topic at hand, so. But instead of beating themselves up, like every time they get something wrong or make a mistake, you really want to teach your kids to see math mistakes as opportunities to evaluate, to improve, and to learn. This is going to equip them with a skill that's useful for everything in life. And recognizing mistakes is something that is extremely important in math because this is one of those places where you can't have a partial incorrect answer. It's either going to be right or it's going to be wrong. And sometimes you really need to slow down and look at where mistakes are happening and why. We have that happen a lot in our house where (laughs) we'll get through like a problem and uh, she's like, I got it right. And I was like, no, you didn't. And she's like, well, I got it mostly right. I'm like, there's not mostly right in math. No, (laughs) no. And look, you made this one little mistake right here. Right. There's so many steps. And so, yeah, you miss one of those steps. The whole thing's wrong. Yeah. 
It's also important to model working through mistakes. When you do this, you're empowering your students to become advocates for themselves, and this is especially the case as they progress into the upper levels of math where the level can be especially challenging. And honestly, some children really breeze through some of that early math, but they might not actually completely understand the concept. So then when they get to things like algebra, you really do need to have a complete understanding of these concepts because you can't really fake your way through it. Um, And this is sometimes where real math anxiety hits because finally it's gotten hard. Right, and it's important when teaching the skills that you're not just teaching memorization and your child's really understanding that concept. This is one reason I really like to use manipulatives when I teach. It helps to really concrete the understanding. Yeah, I like to use those too. And finding ways to model the process of turning math mistakes into opportunities for your child is so important. You spend a lot of time with your child and they see you day in and day out and we all make mistakes and they see that. Use those opportunities to model that, what would be otherwise considered a mistake in an important part of the learning process. One example that kind of comes to mind is when years ago when I was building the deck in my back porch, um, my awesome dad and brothers came to help me. Yay, thank you guys. Um, But anyway, so my youngest was shadowing me the entire time that I was cutting boards on the saw and I took one of the boards and I cut it completely the wrong angle and I could have sat there in despair but I looked over and I saw that he was watching me and I paused and I laughed at myself and then I remeasured and I grabbed another board and had him help me cut it correctly so it's totally okay for your kids to see your mistakes but how you handle those mistakes will set them up for how resilient that they're going to be yeah measure twice cut once (laughs) right (laughs) I promise not all my responses have been so positive (laughs) like this but like everyone else I'm always trying to work at improving myself right right but I'm telling you there's nothing like having kids to really put a magnifying glass (laughs) on some of your shortcomings oh boy (laughs) I've done so much personal development and personal awareness since I've had kids yeah they're brutally honest that's (laughs) for sure (laughs) yeah that's for sure and when they are older they're sure to let you know Mm -hmm. you talk about they're honest when they're young they're really honest when they're teenagers oh yeah when you make a mistake you're gonna know about it yeah everybody might (laughs) (laughs) but you have to ask yourself how do you handle those moments when you do what are you really modeling for your children Yeah, implementing this mindset, I've really found that my children build better problem-solving skills, and not just in math. I mean, children need to know that they're in a safe place to make mistakes. Mistakes are part of the process. It's a place that really celebrates those mistakes. Um, Really, they're learning opportunities, and with this mindset, your kids will see that they are all learning opportunities. And when doing math, you can say things like, "Mm, something doesn't seem right here, or, oh, I see, I see where we're having trouble here. If your child does not understand something or is having trouble with a new concept, you can help them see that it's not a reflection on their intelligence, their potential, or their skill. Learning to see mistakes as opportunities is a good skill for everyone to have. You can help them understand that the struggle to acquire knowledge is an intrinsic part of the learning process. Right. Finding the right level of challenge is also key to helping kids enjoy math, too. Uh, There's really no satisfaction in whizzing through easy, busy work problems. I mean, sometimes it's good for, uh, you know, a confidence builder, but it can be very frustrating to plug away at problems that are too hard. Right. You know, one thing that I've always done is sometimes when one of my children have completely mastered something, 
I'll give them a worksheet from like two years ago that they're oh, yeah. just like, oh my God, I'm so smart. And really it's just, it, you have to do that. You cannot yeah. always challenge them. No. And yeah, we don't always stick to the curriculum as scripted at oh, all. No. You know, there's certainly <laughs> no. a place for like rote fact memorization, but it's also fine to like move on from these concepts that once your kid has mastered them. And another thing you need to think about is if you're using a program that even works for both you and your child, you may want to think about evaluating what you're using. And if it's not a good fit for them, change it. And there's a lot of programs out there. Oh, so many. Yeah. Personally, I've always enjoyed teaching with manipulatives, like I said. And Nicole, I know you have always used a literature-based math yep. curriculum. And and actually, I supplemented with I, I We read those books for fun because yeah. they're really fun books. Well, and we started out with a manipulative-based program. Oh, yeah. We've used a lot of different math. I'm, I'm sure you have too. Oh yeah, yeah. And we'll we'll do some episodes about actually unveiling some math curriculum. But right. We're gonna stick today with you know the math anxiety issue right now. Sure. Yeah. And anyway, so whatever works for you might not be working for your child's learning style. So you got to make sure that it's a good balance between the two yeah. of you. Yeah. It's okay to switch it up. So just a reminder that this is a weekly episode. We drop one every Thursday morning just for you. And if you have any additional ideas or comments, please come and comment on our Facebook page on the episode thread or send us an email at info at btdthomeschool.com. We'd really love to hear from you. So how do I deal with math anxiety? Well, that's a great question. So math anxiety can be a very normal part of the process. Mm -hmm. Again, when we talk about modeling behavior for our kids, we do want to make sure we're careful that we're not projecting those math anxieties onto them if we do have math anxiety. I have math anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) So watch the things that you may say. You really don't want to say things like, I hate math, or I'm not good at algebra, or I have never liked geometry. Don't say those things. Do not do that. These statements can have an impact on our kids, even though we don't mean them to. They're always listening. Yeah, always. And, you know, some kids who've had bad experiences with math can experience math anxiety, and they can even panic when they're faced with the prospect of making mistakes or revealing that they do not yet understand something. There's a a lot of perfectionists kids out there. No, yeah. Um, That's very normal. It's not uncommon for some kids to have immediate panic when they see a drill sheet or a workbook filled with word problems. I panic when I see a drill sheet. Right, right. Oh, me too. Uh, Lengthy tests, um, etc. If your child experiences math anxiety, I would encourage parents to consider these possible solutions. Okay, the first one would be to take extra time to master more difficult concepts. And if your child melts down at the side of a drill sheet, just begin with a few problems and then you can work up to more. And I would say like visually it can be really overwhelming. So don't give them a sheet of 50 and say only do 10. Like literally cover them up. Sometimes I've taken paper and tape paper on top of them so they can't even see them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I would avoid timing drills all together, especially if math is already an issue in your home. So yeah. I don't know. I didn't even know that was a thing. I've never timed my chil- children oh, on math. Oh, did a timing drill? Yeah. I don't think we did either. I, like I that. remember them from school, which yeah. is probably why I didn't uh, <laughs> do them with my kids. Yeah. Especially when you're learning a new concept. No, you, nobody wants to be timed. Oh my gosh. I, that's, that's stressing yeah. me out just thinking about it. Actually, I do have one kid that probably would have. She loved doing, um, remember those multiplication charts oh, where you yeah. just fill those in? Like she made me keep like a million blank ones. And then someday she'd be like, here, I want a multiplication chart. And is that time Jane? Me. Yeah. Oh, she's, why isn't she studying that? I know. <laughs> is it, is she's so funny like that. 
Um, you also want to limit the time you spend on a concept that your student has not mastered. For example, the attention span of an eight-year-old when trying to understand something is typically around 10 minutes. So a good rule of thumb is to use their age number plus two as a guide to determine what's an average for your student's age. I know that really surprises people when they hear that because that would mean eight minutes for a six-year-old. Yeah. 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 But if you want the math session to be longer, you can either switch out to reviewing math the students already mastered or maybe work with some games or activities using known skills. This uh, can really help build confidence. And not just in math, you can use this technique with other subjects. You know, ask questions that you know that they already know. Kids love to be a know-it-all, so give them a shining moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Always do this. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Another, another option might be two short lessons with like a two-hour break in between. The next thing would be that when you're introducing a new concept, coach your student towards a more positive mindset by saying, you can say something like, okay, this is our first day on this. So let's see if we can catch a piece of it today. Again, limit time spent per lesson on the new concept, which would be their age plus two in minutes. Yeah, collaborate with your child to set the pace for each day. If your math plan for the day involves a worksheet, maybe ask how many problems do you think you'd be comfortable solving today? Oh yeah, my kids always loved having a hand in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, or like, let's start out finishing the odd numbered problems first. Sometimes I would tell my kids, you know, here's a, you know, here's a sheet with 20 on it, pick any 10. And uh, of course they would rush to pick the 10 easiest, but, uh, and that's not really like cheating themselves because if once you're taking like a big test, I would encourage you to do the same thing, like answer the easy ones first and then come into the end ones. So I was fine with them doing that. But uh, this way you can also evaluate any areas that might need additional assistance, like bring your kids into this whole process and help them regain a sense of their own learning. I would encourage you to give your child permission to skip the questions that they don't know how to solve. And that may sound crazy, but you can say something like, oh good, you skipped that one. We know we don't know that one. And this gives you an indication of what concepts to spend more time on with them when sparing them the anxiety of being penalized for knowledge that they have not yet mastered. Right. And look over your work together. That helps your child feel ownership of his learning and uh, a greater sense of responsibility. Plus, you can show your child that learning from mistakes is part of that learning process. Right. <laughs> you also want to consider if the reason that you're struggling is because of a missed concept along the way. It's okay to work backwards to find that. Sometimes the success of later math is completely hinged on something that you learned earlier and that things built on. That was, I've talked about this in another episode, that that was the case for me. I struggled with math my whole life. Somewhere along the line with teaching my kids, I realized that there was something I missed in like fractions. And, you know, all your future algebra like hinges on fractions and decimals and percents. Right. And you touched on that in the beginning of this episode where you talked about, uh, you know, and if a child doesn't know a concept, it keeps building and building. And that sometimes, I mean, it may be eighth grade and all of a sudden they start panicking and they were doing fine with math. And you're like, wait, what's my kid loves math. Right. But they love memorizing math but they may not have really grasped some of those concepts. So then I would really suggest you go back. If you're just pulling your child out of school and you're like, oh my gosh, my child, that's okay. Take your time, go back, go back a year, go back a couple years in concepts. And yeah, find it, find what it is that you missed. Right. Set or what you need to work success. on. Right. Another thing you can do to help reduce stress is to build routine into your day. And we talk about this in our episode called Schedules, Routines, and Rhythms. If you haven't listened to that, go take a look. 
We also give you some sheets to help organize your day for free. You can download them from our website. And this applies to teaching and learning as well as the rest of your daily activities. When children can depend on a schedule and consistent people involved in that schedule, they're going to be able to settle their minds and take risks in other areas of their life. Create a routine, inform them about the routine, and then review it with some regularity. And I would encourage you to really explore having your child contribute to that routine. You know, ask them what works for them and incorporate that and really hear them on that. It's extremely important to model a positive attitude towards math, too, if you don't like math yourself. I know it can be hard to fake a positive attitude, but, you know, we moms set the tone for our homes. If if mom's not happy, ain't no one happy. So, you know, when we're dragging, everyone's dragging. And when we're energized and positive, then our kids are most likely to be, too. It's contagious. A little bit of positivity goes a long way. And when you pull it out, the math books can go a long way, too. Right. Also, something that causes a ton of math anxiety in my own house is rushing through problems because you just want to get it done and oh oh my my goodness I can't tell you how many times we've gotten like hung up on a problem it's turned to anger and then we do something really dumb like angry write a number from the first part of a multi-part problem and then we write it down incorrectly because we're in a hurry to get done with it and then of course then the rest of the answer is not going to be correct and then now the whole process took longer than if you had just done it right the first time right and it wasn't even that they did the math right but they angry wrote the number wrong which is so it's so silly and then you know hopefully then we laugh at ourselves and not get more angry but yeah don't do this slow down Slow down and just get through the problem. Oh, and another thing is to think about you don't have to do math every single day. Right. You know, some people choose to do like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or, you know, pick a day that is just math focused and, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever works for you. But yeah, don't rush through those problems. Right. One of my kids even was like, hey, can I do all five days of math like in one day? Go for it. You want to get all that math done? That gives me one day for math year. So that's fine. Bust out that teacher's guide that's gathering dust on that bookshelf. They're a wealth of useful information. I know I'm guilty of ignoring the teacher book <laughs> halfway through <laughs> a year, and I'm like, ooh, was I supposed to do that? <laughs> do, you, do you ignore the directions when you're putting together IKEA furniture, too? No, I actually follow those to the T. I do, too. <laughs> Um, Just not the teacher books for math. (laughs) We we don't need that. Let's chuck it. (laughs) Oh, until we do, and then we're panicked. Um, But anyway, so yeah, use that. Use that. It's a wealth of knowledge. Um, Most will help you understand the main objective of the lesson, and it's going to show you some ways to demonstrate a concept. And a lot even provide games and activities to reinforce what your child's learning, and it adds some fun into your math time. Learning concepts with games and making it a fun time rather than drill and kill can completely turn your home around. I mean, those math tiers are going to stop immediately. Oh, yeah. Pull out that game and they say, oh, we're not doing math. We're playing a game. It's like, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Games are a great concept for teaching math or for just reinforcing math concepts. Right. And we've always been big gamers and we've used games in our homeschool from the very beginning. Our friend Jen, she organized years ago a technology free board game club. And we met at coffee shops once a week for years. That was so fun. I really do miss that. I do too. Yeah. It was a huge part of our life 
for many years and a lot of homeschoolers use the term game schooling when incorporating games into their homeschool. Oh yeah, games are a fantastic way to solidify a concept, especially in math. So um, we've actually taken all of our favorite games and organized them per concept for you oh into a... It was a lot of work, so please <laughs> look at this list. Please. Oh my gosh, it's awesome. So whether you need to take a break from worksheets, solidify a concept in place, value, addition, multiplication, mental math, fractions, and logic, like we've got all that in this document. We're going to link it in our show notes and put it on our website. It's right. awesome. Yeah, it's and I organized it. I had those little bears we talked about before. Those the counting, counting bears. bears. I had counting ones. dinosaurs. The bears are what most people know, right? Well, and a lot of people with younger kids, they want to start school early. And this is a really fun way to start school. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I love, I, the manipulatives are just, they're fun. Love them. Yeah, I, we still have the one set that my kids really loved was Lincoln Cubes. And I still have them, like, in my craft closet. They would not let me sell those when I got rid of them. I had those. I'm not sure if I got rid of those or not. Oh, my gosh. Have to go look. We would link them. And how many links are you tall? Or how many links yeah. around are you? Yeah, oh, those were them. fun. They are super That's fun. All measuring. That's measuring. Yeah. So um, there are some books too. Um, I know I've mentioned Peggy Kay's uh, Games for Math book. She also has like Games for Writing and stuff. We've talked about it in another episode, but um, she's got all kinds of fun little uh, games that you can do. We liked, uh, these aren't so much games, but like mental math kind of things. Sue Greenwald's two plus two is not five and five times five is not 10. Like there's been times where we've taken a break in our math curriculum and just worked on that subtraction and addition, multiplication and division. And um, she's got a lot of little tricks for memorizing things. We still, we'll still use those when <laughs> Jillian's doing a problem and she's like, oh, I can't remember. I'm like, magic nine. And she's like, oh yeah, that's, I remember. Um, Singapore has mental math books um, that are great. I mean, these are, these are things that like actually helped me. Right. Like, as an adult, like, to be faster right. at certain things in math. Oh, another thing we use, uh, we use those math wraps where you take oh. the string and you go from the seven times seven and you do the Yeah, the I love those. The, yeah. And, oh, Prime Climb. We love, that's definitely on our list. Prime Climb is uh, really fun. It's logic. You incorporate prime numbers and multiplication, addition, and subtraction. So um, That's a super fun board game. Oh, and Math Dice. We've used Math Dice for everything. We've used regular dice and just made games with it with math so. yeah math dice are something that I used to always have in my purse for when you're at like if you're waiting in line somewhere or if, uh, if we were at a restaurant we were waiting on food we would haul out the math dice yeah that's an easy thing to uh, transport anywhere yeah the goal is to lessen stress embrace mistakes and provide this anxious child with many small victories mm -hmm. Through these kinds of processes, you and your child will begin to realize how to find learning success with limited anxiety. Not everything about learning will be fun, but some things you will have to power through. But knowing how to advocate for their own learning process is a skill that will assist them in becoming lifelong learners. And it's going to enable them to reach their full individual potential, which is what you want. Yeah. We will include some of the links and ideas and everything that we're talking about on our show notes on our website. So be sure to check that out after you listen. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Let's move on to test anxiety. So the question of the day is, should I give my homeschool child a math test? 
Well, this is going to depend on a lot of different things. And opinions are also going to vary on this topic. So, you know, where are you in your homeschool journey? If you're brand new to homeschooling, like maybe you've uh, pulled out of a school environment, you may want to consider testing just to get an idea of where your student is and if perhaps there are some learning gaps that you need to work on before advancing. Uh, Many homeschool math curriculums are going to have their own placement tests, and you can use uh, those for this. And testing in general can be a tricky concept because often if you aren't actually teaching to a test, testing isn't always going to be an accurate representation of what your student actually knows. I personally don't recommend taking a test until your child has demonstrated a mastery. Uh, I didn't even test at all when my children were in elementary school. They didn't Mm-mm. test until, you know, in the upper no, levels. No, we didn't. Yeah, yeah, we didn't do any kind of test. There was no reason to. I knew that they knew the concept. Right. That's another great benefit of homeschooling for sure. And then you can just move at your child's pace from there. We love a mastery approach. Uh, the wait for mastery approach for testing teaches them to develop an understanding of what they need to be prepared for on an exam. This sets your child up for success in testing so that when they do see the word test at the top of the page, mm-hmm. they'll feel confident and their ability to tackle it. And when there are errors on the test, try to keep them in the same perspective you would with daily work. When working through mistakes, you can ask, were multiple problems missed that use the same concept? And if so, this might be an indication that they need to revisit a concept for some additional practice. Did they rush through it? Were there distractions? It might indicate that they were tired or not feeling well that day, which might have made it hard to focus. I know you said that about Jillian before that, or I don't know, one of your children, whenever you're like, what's going on? And then you realize that they later that day. Yeah, later that day they're sick. Right. And then you're like, oh, that's why, that's why. Uh, Yeah. By asking these questions and having a conversation about errors, you can again reinforce that mistakes are an opportunity for growth. And together you're going to learn and make decisions regarding the next step for continued success in both daily work and in test prep. Right, and another thing you need to do is to celebrate their accomplishments. When your child accomplishes something especially hard, like mastering a new math concept, do something fun to celebrate. The more that you and your child embrace the perspective that mistakes are opportunities to grow, the more positive the learning process will become for both of you. I'm confident that your student is going to grow to feel like math is something that they can do and possibly they may actually enjoy it. (laughs) They might. They might. And then we will too. No more math tears. Please no. (laughs) So tune in next week for episode 26. Where do homeschoolers go for field trips? Are field trips expensive for homeschoolers? How do you find unique field trips? And how do you organize a field trip? It's going to be a really fun episode. I can't Uh, wait. I love all our field trips. Let's go on one right now. Okay. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Be sure to check us out on our website at btdthomeschool.com, as in been there, done that, btdthomeschool.com. You can join our mailing list and get news and updates on future podcasts. And be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at the BTDT Been There Done That Homeschool Podcast.